covering sports in the Midwest, it's the Midwest Sports Network, MWSN.net. It's episode 203 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and we're talking about high school ice hockey playoffs. Find out where your local team's playing as we cover Cincinnati, Dayton, and Columbus ice hockey in the high school ranks. Plus, we'll tell you about the Dayton Dragons' new destination as a high-A minor league team. It's not on Dayton Radio. It's on the local Sunday Sports Podcast, episode 203. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly audio podcast that covers all sports in Dayton and Cincinnati, Ohio, and covers areas from Norfolk, Kentucky, and the Ohio River up to Lima and Allen County. From Richmond, Indiana and the surrounding Whitewater Valley region to Madison County and surrounding areas. If you want local sports, this is your source. To find your favorite way of listening to this podcast, as well as visiting the Tee Public and Redbubble shops and find the latest episodes, please visit SindayPod.com. This opening theme was created with the Splash app. It's time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mowen. And welcome to episode 203 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. Yes, I do realize I released two episodes in a day, but hey, when you have a busy schedule, you have to balance things around. Also, trying out Hindenburg for my new recording software and testing it out, see if I like it. Might buy it if I do. So far, so good. Episode 202 was recorded with Hindenburg, but that's not important. What is important? Local sports. And we got local sports for you on this podcast each and every episode. And we're making the cold dive into ice hockey. Now, ice hockey, everyone makes it in the state playoffs, as in pretty much every sport except football. Well, except 2020, but never mind that. But before that, our conference playoffs. Now, we're not talking about the Greater Western Ohio Conference. No cross-county conference action here. We're talking about two conferences, the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League and the Capital Hockey Conference. We're going to talk about the conference games, and the reason why there's two episodes in a day isn't because I'm a madman that wants to prove that, hey, local sports is a viable thing to talk about and not talking about a team changed its name, you know, about six months after it was decided, but never mind that. We're talking about the conference championships first, and then we'll talk about state playoffs. And yes, I did mention uh, Dayton Dragons. Well, it was already known that they're going to be a high A team and stick with Cincinnati. It'd be a foolish action to let the Dragons go since, you know, you're in primarily Reds country, but we'll talk about that later. And plus, you know, it is a pretty nice day, pretty warm day, considering that it's supposed to be, it was supposed to be negative six on Sunday. But let's carry on. I want to talk about, first up, the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League Varsity Tournament. Now, this year, there's no Senator Elks. The Elks couldn't field a team, which... That stunk. The Talawanda Brave decided to go independent for the year. So that's two teams out. 
meaning there's six varsity teams in the Swashel. And we'll talk about the tournament. It will be primarily held at South Metro Sports. In fact, tonight, tomorrow, and Valentine's Day is your entire bracket breakdown. We'll start off with the game already in the books. The Mason Comets, who've picked up the three seed in the Swashel Tournament. They take down Elder with force, a 9-3 Comets win. And the other quarterfinal game, because tomorrow is supposed to be semifinal games and then championship Valentine's Day, will be Beaver Creek, the top-seeded Beavers, winning the regular season title in the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League. We'll take on either number four, Troy, or number five, Sycamore, and that will be played on the 12th at 7 tonight at South Metro. Let's tell you about how the standings broke down in the Southwest. Beaver Creek, they won all but one conference game. In fact, they went undefeated in Swashel play with nine wins and a tie. Second place, the Alternites, 8-1-1, one one, three quarters of a game back of Beaver Creek. I tell you, Coach Barry and Coach Gutterman, those are two coaches that do wonderful jobs with their schools, and they do their best to grow the sport around here. It's just Beaver Creek, you know, with Coach Gutterman being a former Air Force, you know, Air Force member, you know, he makes the Beavers practice more. This is from uh, Thomas Bush, one of uh, the top players on the Beavers. It just, you know, it means a little bit more in terms of working out and, you know, a physical regimen and everything like that. That's what I've been told. But, you know, Alter's got a deep bench. These two teams could give the opponents in the state playoffs fits, but a little bit more on that later. Mason went 5-5 five and five in league play, four and a half back of Beaver Creek. They scored 36, allowed 44, whereas Beaver Creek scored the second most amount of goals, 62, and Alter went top. 73. Knights also gave up one less goal than Beaver Creek, 12 to 13. But, you know, if I had 12 or 13 goals given up, I wouldn't complain about that number at all. Fourth place, Detroit Trojans. They went four and six. They got a lot of newcomers on their team. Got to build the Trojan Army back up. And you know what? I think Coach Zappos doing a nice job at Troy. Mason, they're doing a great job as well. They're building up. They start off as a club team and then became a varsity team a few years back. Sycamore, 3-7 and seven on the year, and Elder went 0-10. And, and that's how the Southwest Ohio broke down. So again, number one, Beaver Creek. They'll play tomorrow at noon. They'll take on either Troy or Sycamore, fourth-seeded Trojans against the fifth-seeded Aves. And Mason already punched their ticket in to take on Alter tomorrow at 2. It will be the Comets, the three-seeded Comets against number two, Alter. And then whoever wins the semifinal games gets to play noon on Valentine's Day against, well, the winners. So if you go by the highest seed, Beaver Creek Alter should be playing for the cup. But that's why you don't just look at a screen and it's like, oh, yeah, that's going to happen. That's why you play the games on the ice. So that's what the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League tournament looks like before state playoffs begin. What does the Capital Hockey Conference look like? Well, remember, it's called the Blue Jackets Cup, which I think is an awesome thing. I wish the Cincinnati Cyclones would name the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League tournament and, you know, hold it at Heritage Bank. But, you know, that's another topic for another time. What I like to talk about, there is a varsity 
There's a championship site and a consolation site, and there's also a JV Cup as well. We'll talk about the JV Cup first, actually, because, you know, there are two Cincinnati teams on top of the junior varsity division. The St. Xavier Bombers have the number one seed overall, and Muller not too far behind as the two seed. So the junior varsity game, the junior varsity Blue Jackets Cup, rather, the first game already in the books, number eight, Olentangy Orange defeated number nine, Gehanna Lincoln, seven to five. I believe this is the first time in a while that Gehanna Lincoln has fielded a JV team, which is nice to see. So Olentangy Orange will get a date on Friday at 810 at the Dublin Chiller Rink 2 against number one, St. X. What else is happening? Well, at the Dublin 1 rink. Remember, the Chillers have multiple rinks except the Springfield one. Uh, the Chiller North has three sheets of ice, and I think the rest of them in Columbus have two. Except Iceworks, but Iceworks is just one. So, there you go. Anyway, Upper Arlington, the four-seeded Bears get number five, St. Charles. That's at the Dublin one on Saturday at noon. Monday on the 8th at 9.30, which has already happened. Wow, I did not catch that. Silly me. It was the Olentangy Liberty Patriots JV squad knocking off Dublin Jerome, the three and six battle, and Liberty wins it eight to two. And Moeller took down Olentangy Berlin and the Bears five to two to taking down seven. So you got number two Moeller against number three Liberty. That should be a good showdown Saturday at five at Dublin one. So the winner of Liberty Moeller will get the winner of St. X and Orange against the winner of Upper Arlington and St. Charles, which will be played Saturday the 13th at 6.30 at Dublin 1. And for the Junior Varsity Blue Jackets Cup champion, it will be played at the Dublin 1 on the 14th at 12.30. And we'll determine who wins the JV Cup. Let's tell you about these standings in JV. I mentioned St. X had the top seed. The Bombers went 9-1-2, scoring 70 goals and allowing 22. Very good year for St. X. Also, Moeller, not too shabby. They played two more games, and their win percentage is... 0.01 worse than St. X, so that's why, you know, the bowler got the second seed, St. X got the top seed, but the Crusaders went 11-2-1 while scoring 77 goals. If you think that's the most, nope, Olentangy Liberty scored 90 of the goals, and the least amount was Upper Arlington giving up 18 goals. The Golden Bears went 6-3-3, St. Charles 6-5-3, Dublin Jerome 3-10-2, Olentangy Berlin 3-10-1, Olentangy Orange went 2-6 in eight games, and by the way, the Pioneers played the least amount of games in the JV ranks, and Gahan Lincoln went 1-12-1. So that's your JV standings as we move back to the Blue Jackets Cup varsity. We'll talk about the standings first, actually, because that is an important piece to talk about. In the red division, which is considered the toughest division in the Capital Hockey Conference, St. Charles, 12-2-1. That one's a tie, by the way. Went the cards, and they clinched the top spot in the red division. They finished a point better, and what is that? 8% points better than Upper Arlington. The Gold Bears went 11-3 and two overtime losses. Olentangy Liberty 10-3-1 and one. Olentangy Orange 10-4 and one overtime loss. Dublin Jerome 4-10-1 one and one. And New Albany 1-9-2 and one. This is coming off New Albany's what would have been their first trip to the Frozen Four, which got wiped out 
due to coronavirus. In the white division, Bowler should be moving up to the red division next season. The Crusaders went 14-1-1 while scoring 57 goals. In second place, Olin Tangerblin, 12-3-1. Thomas Worthington, 9-6 in an overtime loss. St. X, 7-6-2-1. Dublin Kaufman, 8-8. And Springboro went 4-10-1-1. I believe that loss or that sixth-place finish will put Springboro in the blue division next year. New Albany should be moving to the white division as well. And in the blue division, looks like the Olentangy Braves will be moving up as they win the blue division 11-5. Bishop Watterson 10-6, Gahanna Lincoln 9-7, Columbus Academy 6-10 and one overtime loss. Worthington Kilborn, their first varsity team in quite some time. The Wolves went 4-11 and one overtime loss. St. Francis of Sales 3-14 and Dublin Sciota. 0-16. The most goals scored and the most goals given up actually happened in the Blue Division both times. Olentangy, 96 goals scored. Most goals given up, Dublin Sciota, 138. And least amount would go to the Irish, 13 goals scored. The least amount of goals given up, you'd have to go in the White Division and Moeller, 15. That's impeccable. So in the standings, you have to battle really hard in the white division because I think the top two seeds in the white division get to play in the varsity side for the championship championship, the champion championship, and the consolation championship, you have to you know be in the blue or the last four in the white division. So let's break it down. The Blue Jackets Cup in the Capital Hockey Conference. And we will start with the consolation side. Again, Blue Division automatically plays there, and if you finish third or worse in the White Division, you get here as well. So the Constellation, already a few games in. The first round is done, and I can barely read that. Let's zoom in. Hey, that's a neat feature. We start off with number 18, St. Francis of Sales, giving it to Dublin Sciota, number 19, Irish, 11-2. And that sets the Stallions up at the Ice House against number 9, New Albany, on Friday the 12th at 8.10. Before that game, number 12, Springboro, gets number 13, Olin Tangy. And before that, at the Ice House, actually Springboro and Olin Tangy will be at North 1. Kaufman, Dublin Kaufman, gets Bishop Watterson, who defeated Gahanna Lincoln 6-2 earlier at the Ice House at 6-10 before New Albany into sales. Will be Dublin Kaufman and Watterson at North 1. You will have Springboro and Olentangy. And then after the Springboro-Olentangy game, St. Xavier, the 10th-seeded Bombers, get Worthington Kilborn, who edged out 16 seeded Columbus Academy 4-3. So St. X and Kilborn, North 1 at 8 on Friday the 12th, and North 1 at 6, same day, Springboro Olentangy, at the Ice House, which is the side rink, to Nationwide Arena. New Albany gets number 18 to Sales at 810. Before that at 610, Dublin Kaufman gets number 14, Bishop Watterson. And the Ice House will host the rest of the way in the semis and championship for the consolation bracket. We move on to the championship side. As number one, St. Charles edges out number eight, Thomas Worthington, the bow of the Redbirds. Two to one, St. Charles. Very close game. I was following along on Twitter, thanks to St. Charles Hockey. And they do a great job updating their fans. Tough game. 
I mean, nothing to be shamed about if you're Thomas Worthington. You battled the top seed Cardinals quite well. Unfortunately, that means Thomas Worthington will have to wait to the state playoffs for their next game. St. Charles will get Olentangy Orange, who knocked off number five, Double Jerome, four to one. Number four Pioneers take on the top seeded St. Charles Cardinals. Saturday the 13th at 6 of the Ice House. We're already in the semis. And to wrap up the first round of the championship, Number three, Olentangy Liberty knocked off number six, Moeller, three to one. And Upper Arlington shut out their Bear foes and Olentangy Berlin, five nothing. So number two, Upper Arlington gets number three, Olentangy Liberty. And number one, St. Charles gets number four, Olentangy Orange. And again, the rest of the way will be carried at the Ice House. In case you do want to watch it, it is on Score On Air. YouTube.com slash Score On Air. And on Facebook at Score On Air Network. I believe this is the network from the Ohio Media School, something like that in Columbus. So, there you go. And that's your look at the conferences, the championships, where you get to host a cup before you head to the state playoffs, which look something like this. Again, OHSAA.org, go to Sports and Tournaments, find your sport, then go to Tournament Central, and you can find your brackets. We're covering the Columbus one because it encompasses Cincinnati, Dayton, and Columbus. No two brackets this time around, no two divisions. I know, I thought that was supposed to be happening this year, but not so much. So, maybe next year? I'm not sure. So, in the Columbus district, this is for a chance to play for the state title. Well, you have to go a certain distance to play for that, but you get what I'm saying. It will be number one, St. Charles, number five, Olentangy Orange, number four, Oxford Talawanda, number seven, Olentangy Berlin, number two, Upper Arlington, number three, Olentangy Liberty, number six, Archbishop Muller, receiving first round buys. Which is weird, because I... Did I already call number three? And my brain just didn't register it? Yeah, I guess there's Olentangy uh, Liberty there. So there you go. Let's start with the first round. All these games are in Columbus, so prepare to travel to the state's capital if you want to see any of these games. And we'll start off on the 19th at 6.30 at the Chiller North as number 12, New Albany, gets number 23, Sycamore. Winner of New Albany, Sycamore, gets to play number one, St. Charles. On the 20th at 6. Thomas Worthington on the 19th at 6.45 at the Chiller North. This does not say which sheet it is, but it's there. All three sheets are in the same building, so it's not like you have to travel a lot, I guess. Just head to the Chiller North, and you will see number 8, Thomas Worthington, battle number 22, St. Francis de Sales. And on the same day, 8.30 on the 19th at the Chiller North, it's number 9, Dublin Jerome, going against number 25, Dublin Sciota. Winner of Thomas Worthington and DeSales gets Jerome or Sciota's winner on the 20th at 7.30. Moving on, Olentangy Orange gets this bias, the fifth-seeded Pioneers, the way of the 20th at 8 at the Chiller North, and their opponent will either be from Cincinnati, well, both teams will be from Cincinnati, just depends what part of Cincinnati. It'll be the St. Xavier Bombers, the 10th seed, going against number 21, Mason Comets. Winner of that game will take on the Pioneers on the 20th, the 19th at 8.45. St. X and Mason will be at the Chiller North. 
Talawanda gets a bye. The Independent Brave will wait until the, the 21st at 2. They'll play at the Ice House, the side rink of Nationwide Arena, and they'll either take on number 17, Gehanna Lincoln, or number 20, Worthington Kilbourne. On the 20th at 1130, that will be played at the Ice House as well. Olentanger Berlin has the 7th seed. The Bears get a bye on the 21st at 2. They will take on either the number 11, Dublin Kaufman Rocks, or the Troy Trojans seated 24th. Dublin Kaufman and Troy will battle on the 20th at 1.30 at the Ice House and Nationwide Arena for a chance to play against Olentangia Berlin. Up Arlington gets the second seed. They'll wait until the 21st at 4 to take out either number 18, Archbishop Alter, or number 19, Columbus Academy. The Knights and the Vikings will battle on the 20th at 3.30 at the Ice House and Nationwide Arena for a chance to battle Upper Arlington. Olentangy Liberty gets a bye as the three seed. They'll take on either their brother in Olentangy and the Braves at the 13th seed or number 16, Beaver Creek, 20th at 4 at the Chiller North. Now we have... Number 14, Springboro, going against number 15, Bishop Larson, the 20th at 5.30, also at the Ice House. Winner of the Panthers-Eagles gets number 6, Archbishop Moeller, on the 21st at 6. That will also be at the Ice House. And that's your look at the state qualifying bracket for Columbus. Yes, I agree that there should be two divisions, smaller teams, bigger teams. You get what I'm saying. You know, I, it does stink how it's lined up, but until... More teams get hockey. I, I really thought that it was supposed to happen, you know, sometime before this. But apparently it wasn't. But there you go. That's your Columbus bracket. In case you're wondering who Columbus will play further down the road, they'll take on the Brooklyn West District winner on March 14th and 14th. And pulling that up, these teams in Brooklyn West, not Brooklyn, New York, ha, ha, ha. Be top seeded St. Edward, Bay Village Bay, Elira Caffrick, Westlake, Lakewood, Amherst Steel, Avon Lake, Brexville, Broadview Heights, and the Bees, Avon, Benedictine, Rocky River, Normandy, North Olmstead, Padua Francisca, Parma, Olmstead Falls, Holy Name, Strongsville, St. Ignatius, and Brooklyn. Remember, St. Ignatius in the Brooklyn West bracket, they're going for. Was it now five straight titles? Because they couldn't battle for that last year. I think that's. I think that's what it was. So, there is news about the state tournament venues for wrestling and ice hockey. This is on OHSAA and ice hockey. So, this is from Doug Ute, the executive director for OHSAA. Wrestling State Tournament will be held at three high schools in Columbus. Ice hockey will be held at the Ice House. So that means in the semifinals and finals, no Nationwide Arena. Not this year. It just couldn't work out, which it's a shame. I mean, how many times can you say, unless you're going to go pro on hockey, which that's a pretty rare thing. How many times can you say, I played and where the Blue Jackets played? Not a lot. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen this year. Yes, you're playing it. Uh, the side rink, which is adjacent to Nationwide Arena, okay. But it, it, it's not the same. You know, the huge atmosphere. I don't know if Nationwide Arena got rid of all the high school hockey jerseys that were hanging at one point. That was my favorite thing about Nationwide. Just see, hey, I know where that school is. I know that school. That jersey's weird, but I know that school. There's Centerville's. You get what I'm saying? I like that. 
And in case you're wondering for wrestling, three Central District High Schools will host it. Hilliard Derby's got Division One. Marengo Highland got Division Two, and Marion Harding has Division Three, March 13th, 14th. And because of COVID-19 restrictions, back to hockey, Nationwide Arena is not able to host the tournament on the date scheduled by the OJCA. And the Schottenstein Center at that school in Columbus couldn't host the Wrestling State Tournament. Which, again, how many times are you able to say you got to wrestle there? So, there you go. By the way, in ice hockey, the district tournaments can have live or delayed video coverage by schools for no fee. The host site's no fee and media fees apply. Live video of the state tournament will be available on the NFHS network. Tape the live video is available to media for a fee. So, there you get. State tournaments are exclusive to Spectrum and basketball. So, there you go. We have covered the entire girls, boys basketball, and ice hockey brackets. Just like what we do here on the local Sunday sports podcast. We talk about local sports because someone's got to. So let's talk about the Dayton Dragons because, hey, baseball season is happening. We're going to go ahead and tell you the high school baseball schedule, which is subject to change because, you know, weather affects baseball. But we're going to start with the Dragons. Released earlier today by about two hours ago. All 120 minor league clubs offered an invitation to become professional development league license holders have officially agreed to accept. The teams will be part of a new model aimed to better serve fans, players, and clubs. This is by MLB underscore PR, the communications department of Major League Baseball. So why am I talking about this? Well, it's simple. The Midwest League is going to look a lot different. One, it's now high A ball. And I talked about this in previous episodes saying, you know, it's a little bit different. You should see, I don't want to say higher quality because that just sounds like I'm degrading the players that get cut in low A. That's not what I'm trying to do. You should see a little bit more players that are going to play in the majors. Granted, it doesn't always work out. I get that. Minor league baseball is a finicky mistress. But what I'm saying is, you should see a little bit more in terms of, you know, players like that. So the Midwest League has lost a couple of teams. We mentioned Clinton and Burlington are now part of the Prospect League, which is great. However, if you're a fan of the Eastern Division, you're not seeing those teams. Unless your team makes a championship and one of those teams makes a championship, you're not seeing them. I'm sorry. It's not on the cards. We'll talk a little bit about this later on. But. We're sticking with the Midwest League. The Dayton Dragons will be in the High A Central with Fort Wayne, Great Lakes, Lake County, Lansing, and West Michigan. Notice there is one Kentucky team that is not mentioned. You might be able to hear me scratch my cheek, but I don't know if Hindenburg's going to knock that off. Bowling Green. Bowling Green, Kentucky was not listed. And in fact, if you read the High A East list, they're with what looks to be the South Atlantic League. So, no more Bowling Green, no more seeing Tampa Bay with their rich farm system. By rich, I mean the talent that they bring. It's amazing. Last few years, Bowling Green's been a tough out. So, looks like no more of that. So, the six teams that remain, I mentioned Bowling Green out. It sounds the same. But there is one difference. Lansing, Michigan. They are home to the Lugnuts. They're still home to the Lugnuts, but it's no longer a Toronto Blue Jays affiliate. No, it is now 
a Oakland affiliate, Oakland Athletic affiliate, which Oakland's been in the Midwest League. They were with Beloit the last time up, and now they're with Lansing. Beloit's got the Miami Marlins uh, contract since Clinton didn't get invited. I think Cedar Rapids the same. Peorius with St. Louis. That stays. Quad Cities is now Kansas City in the Royals, so we could see some Royals uh, prospects in there. South Bend remains with the Cubs. However, they're now in the West. So a little bit of shuffling there. South Bend will go to the West, and Fort Wayne stays in the East. I can't believe I now just realized that as well, but there you go. So in the West, it's Beloit, Cedar Rapids, Peoria, Quad City, South Bend, and Wisconsin. Everything else stays the same. Dragons are with Cincinnati. Fort Wayne's with San Diego. Great Lakes with the Dodgers. Lake County with Cleveland. And West Michigan will stay with Detroit. Which actually, West Michigan got their beginnings with Oakland as well. Uh, but it wasn't very long. They've been with Detroit for a very long time. So that's your high A central look for the Midwest League. So yeah, no Bowling Green Hot Wads. That surprised me. But, you know, it's fine. It works out 12 in the central, 12 in the east, and 6 in the west. By west, I mean, like, really west. And Toronto, by the way, picked up the Vancouver Canadians as an affiliate, which, yes, that's a long, long distance away, but there you go. And in case you're wondering what the low A looks like now, for Cincinnati, their affiliates, the Daytona Tortugas, and they'll be in the southeast with the Jupiter Hammerheads of Miami, the Palm Beach Cardinals of St. Louis, St. Lucie Mets of the Mets, Bradenton stays with Pittsburgh, Clearwater Threshers with Philadelphia, Dundee with Toronto, Minnesota's got Fort Myers and the Mighty Muscles, Lakeland's got Detroit, and Tampa Bay will stick with New York. And for AA, for Cincinnati, the Reds will be part of the AA South with Birmingham, with the White Sox, Rocket City Trash Pandas, with the Angels. You have the Tennessee Smoking sticking with the Cubs, Biloxi Shuckers with Milwaukee, Mississippi Braves still with Atlanta, Montgomery Biscuits with Tampa Bay, and Pensacola with Miami now. Not Minnesota, Miami. Minnesota went to the Wichita Wind Surge, previously an independent baseball team. And AAA looks like this. You have 20 teams in the East, 10 in the West. And Cincinnati will remain with the Louisville Bats, with the Columbus Clippers for Cleveland, Indianapolis for Pittsburgh, Iowa for Chicago, Omaha Storm Chasers with Kansas City, St. Paul Saints, also a former independent baseball team. They will go to Minnesota, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, Twins play same area. You get, yeah, you get that. Minneapolis, St. Paul, they're right next to each other. Detroit keeps Toledo, Buffalo with Toronto, Lehigh Valley with the Phillies, Rochester goes to Washington, the Yankees get the Rail Riders of Scranton Wilkes Barre back, Syracuse goes with the Mets. I still hate the fact they changed their name to the Mets. I mean, what was wrong with the Chiefs? I mean, come on. They had. <sighs> Never mind. Wooster gets Boston, Charlotte gets the White Sox, Durham gets Tampa Bay, Gwinnett gets Atlanta, a lot of these haven't changed. Jacksonville moves up a level to AAA, they'll go with the Marlins, Memphis to St. Louis, Nashville to Milwaukee, and the Norfolk Tides go to Baltimore. And that's your whole change of things. So, four minor league teams for all, 
And the teams that weren't invited either found new homes, Clinton and Burlington, again, Prospect League. So no more pro baseball. It'll be summer baseball, but still baseball. So I like that. Kane County Cougars, you mentioned, you know, they didn't get into the Prospect League. They're now part of the American Association. So they're now an independent team. And good. Because you know why? Kane County's got a really nice field. I think they see close to... Uh, 5,500, I think, was once Fifth Third Bank Field, something like that. Now it's Northwestern Medical. I don't know. But they're now an independent ball. There's a lot of people on this comment saying it's the greed of MLB messed up the entire league, cities, and fans. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't. I still don't like the change, but hey, what am I going to do about it? I'm here to talk about baseball and everything like that and that will do it that's episode 203 in the books two shorter episodes <laughs> by two shorter i mean normally they've been going for an hour plus lately but we covered local sports you can't hear it on dayton radio although you should and that will do it for episode 203 next week We'll talk about more local sports. We're getting close to March Madness, and I think our local teams have a good shot being in there. So we'll talk about that next, maybe. And until then, ladies and gentlemen, this is Lee W. Mound signing off on the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast for episode 203, now in the books. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure and bookmark SindayPod.com, the official website of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way of listening to future episodes on platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pandora, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. You can also find the Redbubble and Tee Public shops there too, where all podcast merchandise purchases go to help the podcaster. Follow on social media at Sinday Pod and the Lead W Mowen on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This closing theme was created with the Splash app. This is Lee W Mowen saying thank you again for listening, and we'll talk more local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports next time. <laughs>